Welcome to Self-Awareness for Everyone, a weekly journey into applied guidance for mindfulness. Mindfulness is the tool available to everyone that empowers us to direct our life experiences. I am MJ Bleehart, author, creator, philosopher, and your guide through easy-to-use mindfulness tools, conscious reality creation, and other devices for unselfish self-awareness. This week's topic, self-sabotage and second-guessing, the elephants in the room. I don't know about you, but I will occasionally self-sabotage. What on earth does that even mean? What that means is I will be working to build something, to achieve something, to create something, to do a thing, and as much as I get really close to making it happen, somewhere along the way I get in my own way and I trip myself up. I trip over my own two feet and I sabotage my own intention. And rather than get done with the thing I was trying very hard to do, I will sabotage it. This tends to come from a subconscious belief from a conclusion drawn a very long time ago that I may not be wholly aware of, but I have been working rather diligently, especially lately, to stop self-sabotaging. Because let me tell you, there is nothing more infuriating than self-sabotaging and second-guessing everything that you do. There are so many ways in which I am striving to improve my life, and I've been working on choosing my own path for my life for the last decade or so, a little longer than that, but we're going to call it a decade because that's just the easiest way to equate this. And while I've made some great headway and I've really put myself in a place I desire to be, I've also left myself just a bit shy of where I actually desire to land. I'm almost there nearly, but not quite. And more often than not, the reason I'm not quite there is because I have successfully self-sabotaged. I did something along the way that totally messed things up. Sometimes this takes a much more obvious view, and it's a lot easier to see that, yeah, I was doing that. For example, the last job I held that was prior to starting the current path I'm on, I was editing professionally, and I really liked doing it, and it was a great job, and I was doing fantastic for about a year, and then all of a sudden, I couldn't quite do it right, and I started making really dumb mistakes, and I started missing stuff, and more and more, I was failing to do the job. As much as I tried to find why, it's because I was self-sabotaging. Rather than getting the job done the way it should have been done, my brain took shortcuts, and I got in my own way, and lo and behold, I lost the job. Now, I don't know why exactly I sabotaged myself on that one, because I really did like that job. That was a great experience. But, for whatever reason, that's what I wound up doing. More often than not, self-sabotage is not quite so obvious, but I have been studying the concept of self-sabotage and of second-guessing for a while now because there are different ways in which this impacts my life. And I know, without a doubt, I am so not alone in this because I know lots of other people who experience these things. 
Sometimes self-sabotage is extremely obvious, like I said, but more often than not, it's subtle as all get out and you don't even know you're doing it. But even more noticeable is second guessing and seeing that you are questioning your own idea and really starting to be like, well, should I be doing that? Is that a good idea or is this a terrible idea? Who in the hell do I think I am to do this? And before you know it, you've gone down that rabbit hole and you're now second guessing everything you're trying to do, which kills your certainty. And then once your certainty has been killed, good luck getting from point A to point B. That's not to say you can't still do it. You've just made it that much harder because this is a form of self-sabotage. A lot of times this takes forms that are much more familiar. Brain weasels or brain squirrels, whatever you want to call them. Those little critters in the back of your head chittering away, telling you that you are not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not thin enough, take your pick. They are nasty little buggers, and they are constantly telling you all kinds of negative things to make you second guess who, what, where, how, why, when, and everything else that you are. That is part of the second guessing self-sabotaging mechanism. Along that line, imposter syndrome. There is nothing quite like imposter syndrome, to make you second guess and self-sabotage. Who am I to be doing this job? I'm not good enough for this. I'm not smart enough for this. I don't have the education to be doing this. What on earth am I doing here? And before you know it, you've completely knocked yourself out and all confidence has gone out the window, your self-esteem completely drops, and things don't get done the way you most desire to do them. This is something that more people than I think realize deal with. It is fairly common because, let's be honest, we are shown examples of who and what we should be, and oftentimes they are veritably impossible to live up to because that's not who we are, nor is it who we should be. As I've been trying to learn more about self-sabotage and how I do it, I picked up a fantastic book by Gary John Bishop called Stop Doing That Shit, End Self-Sabotage and Demand Your Life Back. This book is phenomenal. I cannot recommend it enough. If you have a problem with coarse language, you might get offended, but honestly, it's like the least of the things involved here. It's a very realistic look at just where and how you self-sabotage. And I got a ton of insight by reading this book, and I want to talk a little bit about what I gained from that, because this is a huge part of self-awareness. When you recognize how you sabotage yourself or get in your own way when you're trying to do things in this life, that empowers you to make changes. It also empowers you to be more knowledgeable and mindful of just where you are now, because only From now, can you make any effective change? But I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Let's talk about where self-sabotage and second-guessing comes from. Mr. Bishop, in his book, asserts that there are three conclusions, and that's negative conclusions, about life that are the root of our self-sabotage. And those conclusions bury themselves deep within our subconscious. The subconscious is where your beliefs, Your values and your habits all exist. And while you can access them from time to time, frequently you can't because they're in your subconscious. And if you're not consciously reaching out to them, they're buried. What's more, things can 
take root within your subconscious that you didn't even realize did so because it occurred while you were a child or you were traumatized or you were experiencing something that just wasn't consciously making sense that you buried deep. And the next thing you knew, it became that conclusion, that belief. So these are the particular conclusions that I've reached in accord with the three conclusions that Mr. Bishop talks about in his book. The first conclusion is about the self. And that is, what have you concluded about yourself that causes you to self-sabotage? For me, the conclusion I've reached, and this was after some self-analysis, which I will also get into before the end of the podcast today. For me, the conclusion was that I am unworthy. I had all this evidence, especially when I was younger, when I analyzed this, where I believed myself to be unworthy, undeserving, and completely not worth anybody else's time or my own time, that no matter what I did, I was unworthy. And so I would keep sabotaging myself again and again based on this belief because for whatever reason, I had concluded that I was unworthy. The second conclusion is about other people and the conclusion you draw about other people. Because let's face it, none of us, even the most introverted of us, exists in a pure vacuum. In my case, the conclusion I drew about other people is that people are capricious, or a little more easy to understand, people are inconsistent. Somebody is one way today, another way tomorrow. They show you one face now, a different face later. Somebody who is your friend is suddenly your enemy. Somebody who you thought you could trust has betrayed you. And the next thing you know, you reach this conclusion and it's very hard to not sabotage yourself when you're trying to do something because people are inconsistent. It's amazing how easy it is for something like this to embed itself into your psyche and thoughts about how other people are, conclusions that you've reached about other people, and what that can do for your approach to life, the universe, and everything. The third conclusion, according to Mr. Bishop, is with regards to life. How do you conclude that life is? In my instance, the conclusion I reached was life is an unfair uphill battle. Because that's what I watched. I watched certain people in my life struggling. It was always an uphill battle. There was no way to get from here to there without having to struggle, without being against a challenge. And life would throw you all kinds of ludicrous stuff just to prove to you how unfair it was. So here's the thing. You can identify these three elements that cause you to self-sabotage, as I've done. And you can look at them and try your best to fix them, except you can't. That's part of the thing here. When it comes to these conclusions that you've drawn, they were concluded in the past. You can't go back and unconclude them. You can't undo them. You can't redo them. You can't take them away. All that you can do is move forward from where you are now. Don't use the past to go to the future. This is where we get into self-awareness, and specifically, mindfulness. Here's an important thing to consider with all of this. We are not our thoughts or feelings. 
We're not. We have thoughts and we have feelings, but that's not who we are. They are just part of our makeup. And both second-guessing and self-sabotaging originate within our thoughts. They are ideas and conclusions that we reach, which then get attached to feelings. And when that thought and feeling are merged together, we give them agency and they become something more. They become a force to be reckoned with because it feels like they are a living, breathing creature that we have to face down. This is a big part of where our subconscious absorbs material, plants it, and takes root before we know it. And the next thing you know, 30 years later, you're realizing that you jumped to this conclusion all that time ago, which keeps rearing its ugly head every time you try to step out of your comfort zone. Self-awareness involves recognizing right here, right now, where, what, how, why, when, and all that you are. In doing that, you empower yourself to make better choices and to see just where you're coming from and what you're doing with incredible clarity. That is mindfulness, and that is achieved via recognizing your thoughts and feelings, but then also what your intentions and your actions related to those are. And then you can see that rather than using those conclusions drawn in the past that are buried so deep within your subconscious to continue to try to do anything, you can start from where you are right now, not where you were. That is not easy, especially in our society where we are positively obsessed with the past. People desire so badly to go back to how things were, especially following a two and a half year pandemic that has drastically changed the world. Here's the unfortunate truth, my friends. We can't. The world pre-pandemic is gone. We're in a new world now. That's not such a bad thing. And that's the thing. Change is the only constant in the universe. And when we recognize this and we are mindful of it, that helps us be more self-aware of our place within this world and all that we can do from that place. Self-sabotage and second-guessing are incredibly common, but they're the elephants in the room that we tend to ignore. I'm not self-sabotaging. I'm not dealing with second thoughts. You know what? Everybody does, and I mean everybody. But what they do to us if we allow them to continue to get in the way is on us. And the only way to work with that is via, guess what? Self-awareness. So let's talk about this week's Applied Guidance for Mindfulness tool. I'm going to borrow from Mr. Bishop, and I hope he doesn't mind that I'm kind of stealing this almost whole cloth, The idea for this week's tool, it is the means by which you can identify your saboteurs. The three different conclusions that are inevitably your saboteurs. Yourself, other people, and life. Conclusions that you have reached and drawn long ago and buried in your subconscious, which come back to haunt you and cause you to self-sabotage. Not cause you as in blame. Cause you as in you subconsciously put obstacles in your way that you then trip over so you don't get that achievement, so that you stop yourself from breaking free of the comfort zone. That is a story for another time. I'll get into comfort zones in the future. But let's talk about 
how you can identify your saboteurs. This can be done in two to five minutes. It doesn't take long. You don't need to be in a special place. You just need to be somewhere where you can be with yourself. We can do this in five steps, okay? Step one, take two to three deep breaths in and out to focus your attention within. By breathing in and out and focusing on the breathing for just two to three really deep breaths, you open yourself up in ways that you can't just do just off the top of your head. You just need this moment to get some clarity and get some focus. Step two, close your eyes because it's a lot easier when you can look inside your head and you don't have any other distractions. Step three, think back on a situation where you know that you sabotaged yourself, where you know that the second guessing interfered with you getting to where you desired to go. Step four, ask yourself, what conclusion did I make about myself that contributed to this? This can be especially challenging because it's very hard, especially when you're looking at it from the outside, to recall exactly where your mindset was. But by asking yourself this specific question, what was it about myself that contributed to this sabotage of my action? It opens the door for you to see it and recognize it. And you might be able to say, oh, I concluded this because I have this particular belief that I am a terrible person. Or I reached this conclusion because I believe that I'm unlovable. Whatever it is for you is the correct answer for you. Which brings us to step five, write it down. By writing it down, you are putting it out of your head and onto the paper where you can see it. Now, at another time, because I don't recommend doing all of these at once, these were separate chapters in Mr. Bishop's book, at another time, I want you to repeat steps one through three, and when you reach step four, ask yourself, what conclusion did I make about other people that contributed to this sabotage? It may not be even the exact same sabotage situation you envisioned prior, but it still applies. Then, on the third day, the third attempt, at a later time, you need to ask yourself, what conclusion did I make about life that contributed to me sabotaging myself? Here's the important thing about all of this. Just because you know these things, just because you come to these conclusions and you identify them, just because you can identify where they live in your subconscious mind, doesn't mean that you can go back and fix them. You can't. You can't undo them because they are conclusions, and they concluded at the time that they were made. Then they buried themselves nice and deep like a time capsule, except instead of unburying it at a specific time, every now and then it pops up. It's like a tree that only sprouts every five years or however often it occurs that all of a sudden, there it is. Wait, when the hell did I bury that? And yet, this rears its ugly head and causes you to sabotage yourself. But knowing what it is when you're self-aware and consciously aware, mindful in the here and now, opens you to work with this and to see what you can do in order to not second-guess and self-sabotage. And when you do, because you will still second-guess, that's a part of our nature, you can then conclude, no, 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 I know that that's bull. I got this. Because that's another part of what Mr. Bishop talks about in his other book, which is one of the ways you can approach 
everything in life is to say, yep, I got this. And this is incredibly empowering, which is why self-awareness for everyone is so, so important. The more self-aware we are, the more empowered we are. And empowerment is how we get to choose what our life is going to look like. Thank you for joining me for Self-Awareness for Everyone and sharing in this exploration of applied guidance for mindfulness, conscious reality creation, and employing other tools for optimizing our life experiences. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at author at mjbleehart.com. You can follow me via Instagram and Twitter at mjbleehart and on Facebook at bleehartmj. Thank you to the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network for hosting my show, and to Fima Mahoney, the creator of my cover art. Do go and check out her Etsy shop, Talia's Inspirations. Please take a moment to visit my blogs, The Ramblings of the Titanium Dawn, at titaniumdawn.com, my articles at mjbleehart.medium.com, and my various published sci-fi and fantasy books on Amazon. I hope that you are discovering how self-awareness can be found via mindfulness and applied to improve not only your life experience, but maybe that of the people around you. And be mindful that you are worthy and deserving of being the best you that you can be.